0: book one chapters ten and eleven of a hero of our time by mikhail yurovitch lermontov translated by j h wisdom and mar Murray. this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book one bella chapter Ten. meanwhile the staff captain continued his story kazbich never put in an appearance again but somehow i don't know why i could not get the idea out of my head that he had had a reason for coming and that some mischievous scheme was in his mind well one day pechorin tried to persuade me to go boar hunting with him for a long time i refused what novelty was a wild boar to me however off he dragged me all the same we took four or five soldiers and set out early in the morning up till ten o'clock we scurried about the reeds and the forest there wasn't a wild beast to be found i say oughtn't we to be going back i said what's the use of sticking at it it is evident enough that we have happened on an unlucky day but in spite of heat and fatigue pechorin didn't like to return empty-handed that is just the kind of man he was whatever he set his heart on he had to have evidently in his childhood he had been spoiled by an indulgent mother at last at midday we discovered one of those cursed wild boars bang bang no good off it went into the reeds that was an unlucky day to be sure so after a short rest we set off homeward we rode in silence side by side giving the horses their head we had almost reached the fortress and only the brushwood concealed it from view suddenly a shot rang out we glanced at each other both struck with the self-same suspicion we galloped headlong in the direction of the shot looked and saw the soldiers clustered together on the rampart and pointing towards a field along which a rider was flying at full speed holding something white across his saddle grigory alexandrovitch yelled like any chechen whipped his gun from its cover and gave chase i after him luckily thanks to our unsuccessful hunt our horses were not jaded they strained under the saddle and with every moment we drew nearer and nearer at length i recognized kazbich only i could not make out what it was that he was holding in front of him then i drew level with pechorin and shouted to him it is kazbich he looked at me nodded and struck his horse with his whip at last we were within gunshot of kazbich whether it was that his horse was jaded or not so good as ours i don't know but in spite of all his efforts it did not get along very fast i fancy at that moment he remembered his karagyoz i looked at pechorin he was taking aim as he galloped don't shoot i cried save the shot we will catch up with him as it is oh these young men always taking fire at the wrong moment the shot rang out and the bullet broke one of the horse's hind legs it gave a few fiery leaps forward stumbled and fell to its knees kazbich sprang off and then we perceived that it was a woman he was holding in his arms a woman wrapped in a veil it was bella poor bella he shouted something to us in his own language and raised his dagger over her delay was useless i fired in my turn at haphazard probably the bullet struck him in the shoulder because he dropped his hand suddenly when the smoke cleared off we could see the wounded horse lying on the ground and bella beside it but kazbich his gun flung away was clamoring like a cat up the cliff through the brushwood i should have liked to have brought him down from there but i hadn't a charge ready we jumped off our horses and rushed to bella poor girl she was lying motionless and the blood was pouring in streams from her wound the villain if he had struck her to the heart well and good everything would at least have been finished there and then but to stab her in the back like that the scoundrel she was unconscious we tore the veil into strips and bound up the wound as tightly as we could in vain pechorin kissed her cold lips it was impossible to bring her to pechorin mounted i lifted bella from the ground and somehow managed to place her before him on his saddle he put his arm round her and we rode back look here maksim maksimych said grigory alexandrovitch after a few moments of silence we will never bring her in alive like this true i said and we put our horses to a full gallop chapter eleven a crowd was awaiting us at the fortress gate carefully we carried the wounded girl to pechorin's quarters and then we sent for the doctor the latter was drunk but he came examined the wound and announced that she could not live more than a day he was mistaken though she recovered i asked the staff-captain seizing him by the arm and involuntarily rejoicing no he replied but the doctor was so far mistaken that she lived two days longer explain though how kazbich made off with her it was like this in spite of pechorin's prohibition she went out of the fortress and down to the river it was a very hot day you know and she sat on a rock and dipped her feet in the water up crept kazbich pounced upon her silenced her and dragged her into the bushes then he sprang on his horse and made off in the meantime she succeeded in crying out the sentries took the alarm fired but wide of the mark and thereupon we arrived on the scene but what did kazbich want to carry her off for good gracious why everyone knows these circassians are a race of thieves they can't keep their hands off anything that is left lying about they may not want a thing but they will steal it for all that still you mustn't be too hard on them and besides he had been in love with her for a long time and bella died yes she died but she suffered for a long time and we were fairly knocked up with her i can tell you about ten o'clock in the evening she came to herself we were sitting by her bed as soon as ever she opened her eyes she began to call i am here beside you my Janetka, my darling he answered taking her by the hand i shall die she said we began to comfort her telling her that the doctor had promised infallibly to cure her she shook her little head and turned to the wall she did not want to die at night she became delirious her head burned at times a feverish paroxysm convulsed her whole body she talked incoherently about her father her brother she yearned for the mountains for her home then she spoke of pechorin also called him various fond names or reproached him for having ceased to love his he listened to her in silence his head sunk in his hands but yet during the whole time i did not notice a single tear-drop on his lashes i do not know whether he was actually unable to weep or was mastering himself but for my part i have never seen anything more pitiful towards morning the delirium passed off for an hour or so she lay motionless pale and so weak that it was hardly possible to observe that she was breathing after that she grew better and began to talk only about what think you such thoughts come only to the dying she lamented that she was not a christian that in the other world her soul would never meet the soul of grigory alexandrovitch and that in paradise another woman would be his companion The thought occurred to me to baptize her before her death. I told her my idea. She looked at me undecidedly and for a long time was unable to utter a word. Finally she answered that she would die in the faith in which she had been born. A whole day passed thus. What a change that day made in her. Her pale cheeks fell in. Her eyes grew ever so large her lips burned. She felt a consuming heat within her, as though a red-hot blade was piercing her breast the second night came on we did not close our eyes or leave the bedside she suffered terribly and groaned and directly the pain began to abate she endeavoured to assure gregory alexandrovitch that she felt better tried to persuade him to go to bed kissed his hand and would not let it out of hers before the morning she began to feel the death agony and to toss about she knocked the bandage off and the blood flowed afresh when the wound was bound up again she grew quiet for a moment and begged pechorin to kiss her he fell on his knees beside the bed raised her head from the pillow and pressed his lips to hers which were growing cold she threw her trembling arms closely round his neck as if with that kiss she wished to yield up her soul to him no she did well to die why what would have become of her if gregory alexandrovitch had abandoned her and that is what would have happened sooner or later during half the following day she was calm silent and docile however much the doctor tortured her with his fomentations and mixtures good heavens i said to him you know you said yourself that she was certain to die so what is the good of all these preparations of yours even so it is better to do all this he replied so that i may have an easy conscience a pretty conscience forsooth after midday bella began to suffer from thirst We opened the windows, but it was hotter outside than in the room. We placed ice round the bed, all to no purpose. I knew that that intolerable thirst was a sign of the approaching end, and I told Pechorin so. Water, water, she said, in a hoarse voice, raising herself up from the bed. Pechorin turned pale as a sheet, seized a glass, filled it, and gave it to her. I covered my eyes with my hands and began to say a prayer. I can't remember what yes my friend many a time have i seen people die in hospitals or on the field of battle but this was something altogether different still this one thing grieves me i must confess she died without even once calling me to mind yet i loved her i should think like a father well god forgive her and to tell the truth what am i that she should have remembered me when she was dying as soon as she had drunk the water she grew easier but in about three minutes she breathed her last we put a looking-glass to her lips it was undimmed i led pechorin from the room and we went on to the forest rampart for a long time we walked side by side to and fro speaking not a word and with our hands clasped behind our backs his face expressed nothing out of the common and that vexed me had i been in his place i should have died of grief at length he sat down on the ground in the shade and began to draw something in the sand with his stick more for form's sake than anything you know i tried to console him and began to talk he raised his head and burst into a laugh at that laugh a cold shudder ran through me i went away to order a coffin i confess it was partly to distract my thoughts that i busied myself in that way i possessed a little piece of circassian stuff and i covered the coffin with it and decked it with some circassian silver lace which gregory alexandrovitch had bought for bella herself early next morning we buried her behind the fortress by the river beside the spot where she had sat for the last time around her little grave white acacia shrubs and elder trees have now grown up i should have liked to erect a cross but that would not have done you know after all she was not a christian and what of pechorin i asked was ill for a long time and grew thin poor fellow but we never spoke of bella from that time forth i saw that it would be disagreeable to him so what would have been the use about three months later he was appointed to the e regiment and departed for georgia we have never met since yet when i come to think of it somebody told me not long ago that he had returned to russia but it was not in the general orders for the corps besides to the like of us news is late in coming hereupon probably to drown sad memories he launched forth into a lengthy dissertation on the unpleasantness of learning news a year late i did not interrupt him nor did i listen in an hour's time a chance of proceeding on our journey presented itself the snowstorm subsided the sky became clear and we set off on the way i involuntarily let the conversation turn on bella and pechorin you have not heard what became of kazbich i asked kazbich in truth i don't know i have heard that with the shapsugs on our right flank there is a certain a daredevil fellow who rides about at a walking pace in a red tunic under our bullets and bows politely whenever one hums near him but it can scarcely be the same person in Koby, Maxim maksimych and i parted company i posted on and he on account of his heavy luggage was unable to follow me we had no expectation of ever meeting again but meet we did and if you like i will tell you how it is quite a history you must acknowledge though that Maxim maksimych is a man worthy of all respect if you admit that i shall be fully rewarded for my perhaps too lengthy story end of book one bella recording by expatriate in bangor maine